0: Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Our well, speaker today, I'm Brother Bill Lumsden, has Ron Arone. He's been in fellowship for us. And we've been here for, since 2006, so carry two, carried about, about 10, 12 years, 13 years. How long? For some time. Were you at the middle school with this Yeah. Oh, then you got to go back to 14 right. So very good. Anyway, we'd very happy to have them in the fellowship, but Brother Bill is going to minister to us. Well, this morning, I've chosen a subject that some of you may think is rather unconventional. It's I've entitled it "Growing Old Gracefully." I think at my age I can discuss this subject, not that I have attained that condition, but I think that perhaps I've learned how it should be done. I don't remember a message in our assembly that was directed directly, almost exclusively to our young people. So this may be a first. You older folks will just have to bear with me and When I'm finished, you may want to affirm what I've said to our young people, or you may want to make some corrections. Most young people don't think about growing old. Um, And that's understandable, because they haven't reached or experienced the sense of growing old, physically or mentally. For them, growing old has always been getting better as they get closer to the peak of their physical maturity. If they think about growing old, it's often with disdain for the way that many older people spend their so-called golden years, discontented with life, set in their ways, bitter toward many people, and so on. There's often a lot of truth in what young people say about the old because many folks simply grow bitter with age. The more their teeth drop out, the more biting they seem to become. (laughs) This has prompted many young folks to say, I'll never be like that when I get old. Since growing old doesn't happen by accident, it would behoove us to realize that it's inevitable and that we should plan for it. So unless one understands and applies certain principles while young, the chances are great that he or she will become like the elderly. They're quick to criticize as they grow older. Think of this for a while. Many men spend the first half of their lives making the second half of their lives unbearable. So how will you spend the first half of your life? Will you grow old gracefully? Before we consider some of the principles of growing old gracefully, let's look at some who did grow old gracefully. Moses, for one. The Bible tells us that he was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor was his natural force abated. That means he could see good, and he was as strong as ever. In number chapter 12, he's called the meekest and most unassuming man that ever lived. So he certainly grew old gracefully, didn't he? How about Joshua? In his last address to the Israelites, he reminded them of what God had done for them. And then he asked them, Who will you serve? Will it be the gods of the Amorites or will it be the Lord? And then he said those words that have been re- repeated a number of times As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That Comment climax to life of fruitful living. bazilla, you probably don't remember him. We don't often talk about him or hear about him, but he was one who uh, he was a Gileadite who came down to help David as he was returning to the palace after the the revolt of Absalom. And when David tried to repay him for all of his labor, he says, uh, no thanks, David. Uh, At my age, I'd just be a a hindrance to you or a burden. And then we remember Dorcas in in Acts chapter 9. She was pretty elderly herself, but she had made coats and garments for the other elderly widows in her town, and she was sorely missed when she died. Now consider the graceful manner that the Apostle Paul uh, took when he faced death. He said, simply, my departure's at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Would to God that we could all say that as we face death. Peter also remained diligent, even as death approached, and he called Paul a beloved brother. He could have carried a grudge after Paul got into his face about separating himself from meeting with the Gentiles when the Jewish saints arrived. One does not necessarily have to go to the Bible to find examples of people who have grown old gracefully. I'm sure that many of you have known such people, and have I, and so have I. Rosemary hates it when I mention her, but I will this morning. She's always concerned about wrinkles. And you know, I think most women, as they grow older, are concerned about wrinkles but wrinkles joined by grace is adorable. There's an unspeakable charm in graceful old age. So how can you, when you're young, live today so as to grow old gracefully and not pathetically? There are three principles that I'd like to give you to help you to grow old gracefully. The first one is, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's found in your Bible in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Sow corn and you'll reap corn. Take good care of your body and you'll enjoy good health usually. Disregard healthful habits and your body will suffer. And this is especially true in the spiritual realm. One of Job's friends stated, even as I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. You'll sow, you'll reap what you sow. Much of the bitterness, discontent, and anger which characterizes many old people is a result of sowing to the flesh during their youth. Let's contrast that with those who sow to the Spirit. I need need to read some of these passages because I think they carry a great deal more weight if we read them right out of the book. This one is found in Galatians 5. I'll read it and you listen. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith. I guess I've read that improperly. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. But the young often comment, I want to sow my wild oats while I'm young. Well I suppose you might hope for a crop failure but believe me you'll reap what you sow how many have we seen who have abused their bodies with alcohol drugs and sex immoral sex ruins the body and the reputation and it makes difficult makes it difficult to have a normal family life in and enjoy the joy that it ought to bring. Most young people don't realize that the popular lifestyle of doing your own thing, or as Frank Conatra sang, I did it my way, is the very thing that produces the pathetic mental and physical condition found in older people. I imagine some of you have heard the same comment from your mothers that I used to hear from mine. She'd say, you'll pay for that when you get older. And she was right. Samuel Johnson once said, he that would pass the latter part of his life with honor and decency must, while he's young, consider that one day he'll be old. Let me say that again. He that would pass the latter part of his life with honor and decency must, when he's young, consider that one day he'll be old. So the first principle to remember is old age will be a time when we'll reap what we've sown. The second principle is that man shall not live by bread alone, and that's found in your Bible as well in Matthew chapter 4. Remarkably, the Lord was speaking to Satan. The Lord had been fasting for some time, and he was hungry. And Satan knew that and suggested that he just change some of the stones into bread. Well, that sounds pretty reasonable, and the Lord could certainly do it. But in performing this act, however, he would be acting independently and against his father's will. The Lord simply states, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Satan's very clever. And he can tempt us and does, where we're the most vulnerable. Let's focus for a few minutes on those two words, bread and live. Bread involves more than just dough. It includes all things of a material nature. And live involves more than mere existence. It should include living life at its fullest an abundant life. It's important for young folks, especially, to learn that one does not find the good life in seeking and acquiring material things. Someone had just asked the Lord to talk to his brother and make him divide his inheritance with him in Luke chapter 2. The Lord made a comment that would be good for us to remember. He said, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. In other words, your life isn't all about your stuff. If we don't learn this while we're young, we'll waste much of our time pursuing the wrong things and hate ourselves when we face death's door. Solomon who had gained everything the world had to offer, came to this realization in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and I want to read that to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 17 to 21. Solomon, who had everything, says this, Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity or meaningless and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken unto the sun because I should leave it unto the man that will come after me. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet Yet he shall have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is meaningless. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, yet to a man that hath not labored therein, he shall have it for his portion. This is meaningless and vexation of spirit. Rosso, a French philosopher, saw the the ungraceful way that many old people live out their latter years as a result of learning this truth too late. And he said, old men grasp more at life than babies and leave it in much worse grace because since all their labors have been for this life, they perceive at last their trouble lost. There's more to this life than material things. To grow old gracefully, we must realize this and find, that which makes life full and abundant. Fortunately, Jesus came to help. In John ten ten, he says, "I am come that you might have light, life, and have it more abundantly." He's the true and living way. In John fourteen six, he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." It's the word it's the word of God that shows us the way to Christ. In 5 John 5:39 he said search the scriptures. And that illustrates the truth of Matthew 4 that man shall not live by bread alone. The word of God reveals Christ to us who in turn shows us how to really live for he is the way the truth, and the life. It's a shame to go through life only to find at the last that all of our labors were of no lasting value and meaningless. In Luke chapter 9, verse 25, Jesus asked the question, what, is, what advantage is there to gain the whole world and lose your own soul in the end? There's another passage that we need to read It's found in Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to read Luke chapter 12, verses 15 to 21, and I want to read that to you. Jesus is talking, and he said unto them, Take heed, and beware. of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room wherein to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the second principle to remember is simply this. If you're living for bread alone or for the things of this world, old age will be a time of regrets and bitterness, a time of grumbling, and you'll certainly not be growing old gracefully. The third principle is blessed is the man who finds wisdom. The word blessed means happy, rich. Wisdom is insight and understanding. Actually, it's the right use of knowledge. Some may call it common sense, but from what I've seen, it's not at all that common. It's beautifully proclaimed in Proverbs and we'll read about it in a few minutes. Wisdom is illustrated in Ephesians chapter 5, which tells us, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We need to learn wisdom because we're living in bad days and our time is short. The book of James tells us that our lives are like a vapor that appear for a little time and vanishes. And I'll tell you that every older person that you will talk to will agree to that. It seems only like yesterday that I was enjoying my daughter's first birthday party. And next week she'll be celebrating her 70th, just like that, just like that. Well then, how do we obtain wisdom? Well, first of all, we can gain it by experience, which can be wasteful and time-consuming. We can spend much of our time in trial and error, repeating the same mistakes that have been made by others. And while you may gain some wisdom, It will certainly pay the consequences for the error part. I've often said that I'd like to go through life twice. The first time for experience, and then the second time I think I could get it right. But in reality, kids, you can actually do that. Our parents have gone through most of life the first time and have the experience that we can draw from. Too bad most of us don't realize that and take advantage of it. Another way is to use the word of God. Proverbs 2.6 tells us that Lord, the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. What better source is there than the one who created the universe? So again, let's read that passage in Proverbs chapter three from verses 19 to 26 the lord by wisdom has founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew my son let not them depart from thine eyes keep sound wisdom and discretion so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck then thou shalt walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble when thou liest down thou shalt not be afraid yea thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from falling. It's possible that we can get a head start on those who learn by trial and error. And I want to show you that by turning to Psalm chapter 119, and I'll read verses uh, 97 to 100, Psalm 119. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than my teachers. For they, for thy testimonies, are my medication, meditation, medication as well. (laughs) I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I've refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, but thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. With the the wisdom found in the word of God, we can grow old gracefully. For in it we learn, first of all, how to avoid the needless suffering experienced by those who are reaping the results of learning by trial and error and second we learn the true purpose of life which is not found in material things but in that which christ has to offer now there are the three principles that i hope you younger folks especially will keep in mind especially the part about man shall not live by bread alone. <clears throat> here are three, here are four final thoughts. One, be an example. In First Timothy 4, Paul is advising Timothy not to let anyone despise his youth, but to be an example. Whether you realize it or not, you will be an example. You may be a good example, and you may be an example of what not to be. Number two, commit to the word of God so you may have an open line to wisdom. And three, cultivate your talents. Paul advised Timothy not to neglect the gift that he had. And this is a way to develop a good harvest of what you've sown and four, apply diligence to your efforts. Paul again tells Timothy, keep at it. Meditate upon these things. Perhaps the best advice of all is Philippians chapter four. And I wanna read that to you. Philippians chapter four, I'll only read verse eight. Finally, brethren, Let me say it a different way. Finally, young folks, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Growing old gracefully like many things does not happen by accident. And by the way, growing old is a good thing. It's possible to triumph over old age. It'll be here before you know it, so prepare. Thomas Bailey Aldrich made a comment. He said, to keep the heart unwrinkled, to be hopeful, kindly, cheerful, and reverent, that is to triumph over old age. Growing old gracefully is is reserved for those who will follow the wisdom of God, understanding that abundant life is not found in worldly things and sowing in a way that will bear fruit so that we can reap a harvest leading to eternal life. I want to close by reading Psalm Psalm chapter 92 and I'll read verses 12 to 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in lebanon those that be planted in the house of the lord shall flourish in the courts of our god they shall still bring forth fruit in old age and they shall be fat that means healthy they shall be healthy and flourishing This message has obviously been directed primarily to young folks and to those who are willing to use the scriptures as a guide to successful living. Growing old old happens to everyone, and we can gracefully age, making this life more satisfying for everyone and ourselves. But what's then? For those who have not met the Savior, there's no graceful end to life when the results are being cast headlong into the lake of fire, fires of hell forever. But that doesn't need to be the outcome. The Bible simply states, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know, there are two scriptures. That should frighten every person who isn't sure they're going to heaven when they die. I'm going to read them to you. First is found in the book of James. Chapter 2 verse 19. For this is for those this is for those who say that they believe in God and always have there are folks like that. I've talked to many. And, well, I've always believed in God. The scripture says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So knowing about God and Jesus isn't enough. Even the devils believe that. The next scripture is Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. The Lord has just commented that not everyone that possesses, that professes his name will enter heaven. He then refers to those who will remind him in that day that they've done many wonderful things in his name. But he'll say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. What a shame to go through life Thinking that believing about the Lord will get you in, only to find that you've been mistaken. Some people just don't want to do any don't want don't want to have anything to do with anything that's spiritual. However, I think the reason that others are not saved. Is because they just don't know how. The Bible is pretty plain, but I think it's possible that there are others that don't just don't know how. So I've created a an analogy that I hope may be helpful. Those of you who are married, and those of you who perhaps will someday, either have or will stand beside your intended. And promise to love, honor, and keep yourself only to him or her, forsaking all others. And you will accept that person as your partner for life. That's exactly how to be saved. Stand beside the Lord and promise to love and honor and keep yourself only unto him, forsaking all the gods of this world and accepting him as your savior for life and eternity. Many folks make up their own vows. I trust you will, in your own words, make this life-saving and changing commitment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the words in this book that we call the Bible. Help us to understand that it contains everything we need to live triumphantly over the bad stuff in this world, as well as the discomforts of old age. Use it to encourage our kids to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in order to live lives of fruitful success. And to those who don't yet know the Savior, make the way to them plain. We ask these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.